is it is it I really think it's fun a fun it's a fun ish it, it's a movie that oh okay go ahead okay coco's she's trying to do that thing where she's she takes something off my desk and then mm-hmm. runs away with it and puts it somewhere that i'm not gonna find for three weeks that's fine oh that's cute Mm-hmm. unless you want to find stuff yeah, Wednesday likes to rub against stuff and knock it over and then look at us like, what are you going to do about it? Yeah, that's normal. Alright. Uh, hello, welcome to Shoot the Piano Player, a French New Wave podcast. This is the second half of the 63 pairing. So this is paired with, um, was it Contempt? Uh, I thought it was, uh, Contempt. No, I don't know which one it was. It was something yeah, yeah. we didn't do too long ago, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, Contempt. Because the other Godars... Yeah, we did the other, uh... Doesn't matter. I th- I'm pretty sure it's Contempt. And, uh, All right. Which, uh, to be honest, I don't remember that much of. <laughs> uh, Contempt is a more memorable movie than this is going to be. But they, they have one thing, and like, if we were to talk about what they had in common, it was probably that they were sold on on the idea that you're going to see a an attractive woman in underwear, which is yeah, you know, it's a it's a commonly held way to get people to into see things. I, I guess I don't, I don't know. I'm not that familiar with it. Okay, so this is yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And uh, I wanted to say an Italian title. Um, uh, Liri uh, og- Oji Domani, which uh, I think is a literal translation of yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Mm. And this, I, I picked this because I s- find it very fun and watchable. And uh, it's kind of like uh, a, a light movie. Well, yeah. Yeah, there's like... I mean, there's a, there's some stuff to talk about, obviously. But still, a fun little uh, anthology. And I like the Sika. Uh, mm. And I wanted to talk about it. Sika and uh, <clears throat> Umberto D. Because that movie makes me far too sad. It is a it's a movie that has uh, I don't know does it have substance I guess uh, it's it's three stories to see these two very famous people act together, which yeah. I think is enough. That's that's a perfectly fine premise for a movie. I don't know if it necessarily makes it takes it up. This movie doesn't. It, it almost feels like a Holly like a Hollywood idea of like uh, you know back in the sixties they put Jack Lemmon and. And some other, some famous woman that was uh, hot, you know, in in the same kind of premise, like three vignettes of different people doing different things. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, each, each segment is just just that distinctly different from the one before it. Mm-hmm. Um, I I said before, like it's like a rom com anthology. It's like I guess you could say like the almost like Gary Oldman. What's his name? He Gary Oldman? The guy who did, like, Valentine's Day, New Year's Eve. Oh, That's you're talking dope. about... Um, yeah, I know what you're talking about, but... Uh, drawing a blank on his name. Yeah. Created Happy Days. His sister directed League of Her Own. 
His sister's name is Penny Marshall. <laughs> Gary Marshall. Gary Marshall. Okay. I believe both of them are dead, which is kind of sad. Is Penny Marshall dead? I'm pretty sure she died a couple years ago. I know Gary Marshall's dead. Yeah, I, I, I was I was waiting for that to happen. No, just kidding. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Paul Tompkins I think you might stopped right. doing the uh, character on uh, County mm. Bang Bang. He kind of stops whenever um, the person dies. Mm. Yeah, she did die in 2018. You're right. Um, right. Okay, let's. You want to just talk about the segments? Well, uh, first, had you heard of this movie before I told you about this? Yeah, because it's got a super sexy poster. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so, so you've seen the poster at least. Yeah, I mean, if you like, it's like, I don't think I've ever seen a Sophia Loren movie, so you click on the link, and it's like, this is one of the posters that pops up, and she's featured in her stockings and kind of lingerie top thing with a with a, a guy that you can't tell is Mar- Marcello yeah. um, on the bed. Like, it, the funny thing is, like, you don't really know what the expression it is. In the face. Like, I thought this, like, if this was going to fit into French New Wave era or even, like, uh, leaning towards any sort of Italian realism or something like that, maybe he's a conflicted person. Like, no, he's he's kind of, like, in the segment that's portrayed on the poster, he's doing a very good, a very Jerry Lewis, like, I'm biting my fingers, I'm so turned on. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. He, yeah, what, well... Uh, yet again to that, what's your history with Marcello Mastroianni and, and, and or Sophia Loren? I've only seen him in one movie, and it was called The Tenth Victim. You've seen Eight it and was, a Half. Oh, okay, I've seen Eight and a Half, I guess. But uh, that's not really him, you know, he's playing the director. Yeah, he's playing uh, Fellini. He encompasses all those women. What's that other one? So you haven't seen like uh, I'm trying to think of, like other big ones that like. Oh, let me click on his name. But I want to talk about the Tenth Victim, which is an excellent science fiction movie that that Spencer told uh, me about. And it was one we covered on. Please don't send me out of space. And yeah, like I bought, the, I bought the Blu-ray. I was so into this movie. Yeah, and great. Uh, yeah, it's it's a it's a post-apocalyptic like reality show game show where assassins have to kill each other it's kind of like a i mean that's a that's definitely a manga thing that i keep watching movies and i go like this is not weird because it's like manga but if i didn't or manga or anime and but if i didn't know what manga or anime was this is weird yeah it's true but yeah it's got like uh a lot of in jokes about advertising and um, yeah and edited and, by Ruggiero Mastriani who is Marcello's uh, I was his brother, but I can't remember if he's younger or older. The movie's by his brother? Edited by his brother. Oh, okay. His brother was the editor for Fellini and, uh, uh, like Visconti. And, uh, mm-hmm. keep it guy, in the family. The guy who did Ted I can't remember his name. Uh, Elio Petri, that's the name. He, I think mm-hmm. he edited every Elio Petri movie. He was the editor on. Basically, like every major Italian movie from like the fifties to the seventies or so, uh, Ruggiero Mastroianni, um, 
was editor on. Yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, okay, yeah, the only three movies I've seen with them, Tenth Victim, Yesterday, Today, and Eight and a Half. I haven't seen La Dolce Vita, I haven't seen La Nota, I haven't seen Divorce Italian Style. Or Marriage Italian Style. Or Marriage Italian Style. Or Le Grand Buffet. Or the Altman one that people say is terrible. Pret-a-Porter. Ready to wear. Yes. Yeah, the, they recreate... Sophia and Marcello recreate the striptease in that movie. Yeah. Yeah, which... Uh, I, I That's one I've been meaning to watch for a while. I might... I, I'd probably like it. People say Quintet is a bad Altman, but... I like mm-hmm. that one. But I can't regularly recommend it to people because it's so... Uh, I understand why some people hate it. Right. What's this? One way or another. Toto Moto. Oh, that's a great move. I can send you the file because uh, the Italian government suppressed that one for a while. Mm-hmm. There's a whole yeah. complicated history to it. It... Uh, well, uh, it criticizes the government a little too much for their taste. Yeah. And uh, it'd be like if someone made a movie and they had like a like a Mitch McConnell like, or Rand Paul stand-in who was assassinated in a movie, but then they were assassinated in real life in a, similar, in a similar-ish way a couple years later. And they'd be like, there's some stuff like that, kind of like, oh, this is... A little eerie mm. that predicted this and among other things sure it's like those movies where like buildings were run into by planes that suddenly disappeared after 9-11 because everything that could remind you must be erased yeah. and Petri, we're supposed to remember yeah. Petrios was a, a, a staunch communist so the fascist government in the, in the 70s didn't really care for him well, you know what they say. I don't know anything about Italian history. Wait, I I am the only one who says that. Yeah. What about you? Have you seen this before? Totemoto? Yes. Uh, it's streaming sometimes, but I I, I found it um, on the internet. There's a German Blu-ray, apparently. And that's like the mm-hmm. only physical media release it's ever had. Oh, yeah, I noticed that. Yeah, it's never had, like, v- VHS or DVD or anything outside of, like, Germany. Because it's too sexy. No, why? Uh, it's too controversial. The government wants to suppress it. The Italian government destroyed a couple Petri short films, too, that are gone forever. Well, wait, I'm talking about yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Oh. No, the, the yesterday, today, and tomorrow was a big hit. It won the Oscar for Best Foreign Film. But can I buy a Blu-ray of it? Yes, on Kino. Oh, okay. Well, I guess that's pretty good. Yeah. I doubt uh, they have any special features. Not really. Toto versus the Black Pirate. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I get, I've gotten distracted. Uh, where is it? 
Okay, so it was against in the Oscars. This is the only Oscar talk I'll do. Is uh, Ra- Raven's End, a Swedish film? Mm-hmm. Salah Shabadi, an Israeli film. Woman in the Dunes, the t- um. Uh, oh, the Japanese one. Too. What's his name? Teshigahara film. Mm-hmm. And it beat this movie, which uh, I don't understand how or why. Umbrellas of Cherbourg. Um, <laughs> I, th- I I can see why it, it would beat it in America, but obviously Umbrellas is a better movie, <laughs> like, altogether. Yeah, I haven't this seen movie it. This movie is, like, Hall very... Yeah. Oh, you haven't seen Umbrellas? I'm kind of saving it for when we cover it. Oh, okay. Well, that's crazy. It, it's the it shock to me. Because it'll be so. right up your damn alley. Yeah, I know I, I'll love it because I, I kind of love shock to me in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, Umbrellas is better, but this this one is... Umbrellas is a bummer, but this one is, like, very watchable. You could just toss it on and not pay attention and then watch the parts that you like, you know, Certain parts, I'm sure, in the VHS were uh, worn out. No, uh, <laughs> it's it's just like a silly. It's silly. Yeah, uh, and I I like like I think they both do like uh, Sophia Loren and and Marcello uh, Mastriano do amazing jobs in the movie. But it's I feel like uh, I don't know. I guess I guess I had high expectations. <laughs> oh, I I think I first saw it. Netflix DVD. I saw the cover. I saw the cast, and I was like, "Well, this should be pretty good." Mm-hmm. So I kind of had no expectation besides I like Marcello. I like Sophia Loren in this. Uh, uh, yeah, and uh, it's just been something that I revisit every so often. And it's like, yeah, this makes me feel happy. It's just a nice, pleasant thing to watch. I don't have to pay full attention to it. Yeah, uh, well, let's see. I, I kind of want to do like a comparison to the other um, Italian movies we've watched so far. But I don't have the list off the top of my head. Uh, La Strada, uh, Antonioni's. Oh, oh, all the Antonioni's are better. Uh, sure. <laughs> Whatever you say. The what other ones? Um, Deadly Sweet. I don't remember Deadly Sweet. Uh, I say. Oh, that's be, that's because I didn't end up talking about it with you guys. You guys talked to. Uh, that's yeah. right. That, I Deadly watch Sweet. I think I said an episode. I it took me like two or three times to get on its wavelength, and I've seen it about six times since then. That's called addiction. Yeah, it is. Because like the Tinto Brass editing is a very. It, if you're not used to it, it's kind of like a barrage of I don't understand what the fuck is happening. Sure. But what 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 ones do you like can connect with it? It's like okay, I I understand what he's trying to do. Mm. You you know it had the this had the same energy as like Mama Roma, or even General Della Rover, which which stars uh, De Sica. He didn't direct it, but um, it's it's got that general italian energy of of people i don't i don't know you know there's the bold brassy women you're not going to tell me what to do blah blah blah, kind of thing but it doesn't have any of the tragedy unless you consider stereotypes of women to be tragedies which they are but 
Yeah. It's one of those stereotypes yeah. of madness being like they're super horny and they just, you know, listen to the women so they can have sex. Yeah, yeah, stereotypes. Yeah, and I'll... No, the cat doesn't agree. <laughs> Does it see a bug outside? I don't know what he's doing. Thomas! He doesn't usually meow. Huh. Maybe maybe he's going to the bathroom. Okay. Yeah, and, uh... Yeah, but, like, also watching this, like, knowing, like, the Marcello, uh persona thing, like, looking into, like, this... Like, the, how he was a huge star, and, th- and then learning, like, he never divorced his wife. He's... They just kind of separated, even though divorce was legal at about his 70s, because Italy kind of took a... a they're very Catholic, and it took until like seventy-three or something for divorce to be uh, a, a legal thing you can do. Makes sense. So, but he never divorced his wife, and uh, he has like had you know other women on the side. Like he has a kid with uh, Catherine Deneuve, uh, which not not surprising. They have some super child. Is is this person an actor? She is. Uh, Charia Mastriani, and she was in a bunch of foreign stuff that I've never seen. She's in Persopolis. I guess she does like the French dub. She's the main character right. in the French dub. She's in that Altman movie with both her with with her dad. I'm not sure if Catherine Deneuve is in it. Mm-hmm. I think just her dad. She's in just with her dad and um. Yeah, it's about a lot of French stuff that I've never... Never mind, she's in a Claire Denis movie that I've been when you see. Okay, hmm. so she, she's in some, like, big stuff, but, like, she hasn't really made a splash over here quite yet. Right. Well, that's cool anyways. Yeah. Yeah, and Sophia Loren, I've said on the previous episode, I thought she died 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. I just kind of assumed because, like, you know, she's from that era, and a lot of people didn't make it past, like, the 90s. Yep. And then, you know, a couple of days ago, as of this recording, she turned 87. Mm-hmm. I know she didn't die in the 90s, because she was in that terrible movie 9. Like, the musical version of Eight and a Half. Oh, yeah. I kind I vaguely remember that. Yeah. I never hear. I mean, I, I'm assuming it's terrible. I haven't watched it, but it's by the same person who did Chicago, and you know how I feel about that. Yeah. I'm sure it's enjoyable. Nah. We'll have to ask it, Alexandria. Yeah, I'm sure she likes it. <laughs> That's true. That wasn't a, a slight. I'm. I, I'm. I'm. I'm just being genuine. I'm, I'm no, sure no, she no. She, I mean, we got different tastes. That's all. Yeah. Uh, well, I'll that. <laughs> I bet that sucks, but I'll bet this person likes it. No, it's not a <laughs> reflection on their character. It's just a reflection on taste. Yeah. And, uh... It's always weird going back and look at, like, Oscars from over 50 years ago. Because then, like, a much big chunk of the movies is, like, are, is stuff that no one ever talks about. Yep. And, and uh, then I, I feel like you go back from, like, 10 years from today, and there's movies that nobody talks about anymore that were nominated for Oscars and stuff like that. Yeah, which just kind of goes to show there, uh, it's just a popularity contest of what is 
at in, in, in at the very moment. And right. maybe like one tenth of the movies will actually live on. Yeah. Not not saying they're bad, just saying like pop in terms of like pop culture, like uh you know, certain ones is a lot of them just kinda of just disappear and fade away. Yep. That's true. Yeah. Like the King's speech. Yeah, I Yeah, I, I barely remember that coming out, honestly. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it came out, and a bunch of old people watched it, and got the the award, and nobody talked about it again. <laughs> yeah, but uh, with Desika, have you seen other Desika movies besides the sad, um, uh, uh, the Italian neorealism? Uh, sad besides Italian neorealist, sad. Any other? No, I've only seen Bicycle Thieves and Umberto D, so I haven't seen any... Yeah, I have I, I, I've acquired a copy of Woman Times 7 because I was going through a uh, Shirley MacLaine phase. I haven't watched it. Uh, he did a, a movie with... Um, a, uh... The Belmondo, Two Women. I hear Two Women is a good one, but that's when I kind of still have my list to actually watch. Oh, sorry, uh, Sarah was taking off. Oh, okay. You could just cut out all the curse words I'm about to say. Ah, no. I will try and remember to do that. Do your job. Yeah. And uh, Alistair covered a Jessica movie on a previous season sunflower because that has uh, a vague Russian connection where Marcello uh, is a Italian soldier who ran away to Russia mm-hmm. and um, well you know he does a Marcello character that you kind of assume uh, like what 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 happened happens I've seen the movie the airings of Madame de uh, that's a Max Ophel's movie. With Desika. Yes. Uh, I don't remember Desika specifically in the movie. I gave it like four and a half stars. I need to rewatch it. I mean, the, mm. every Max Ophel's I've seen is like, wow. That's the guy. I feel like. That's the guy yeah. I've been to actually watch at some point. But Desika, like, the first time I saw him acting or like a picture of him, I was like, oh, this. He's more handsome than I expected him to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, when we did, like you can you can hear me showering him with praises in our general. Uh, I just said the name of that one, but yeah, uh, that that episode. Della Rivera. Yeah. Yeah, that's a guy. It's like, oh, you should be in front of the camera more. Oh, he's mm-hmm. a pretty good actor. Yeah, Della Rivera. Yeah, I mean, it, based on what I'm looking, at, it looks like he yeah. did he did act in a bunch of different movies. I just wonder how often he was the star, like he was basically in that one. Yeah. Like, was he the star in Blood for Dracula? Because uh, uh, I doubt it. <laughs> Udo Kier probably probably bites him at some point. Yeah. All right. So the uh, the Okay, so what's your favorite segment? Like, what what's the one that has stuck with you? 
Um, which one is my favorite segment? Listen, I don't want to sound like a pervert, but the third one is my favorite segment. Uh, That's fine. But I liked the second one the least, which uh, Sarah liked the second one the most. Interesting. The second one, I honestly, I forget how it ends every time I see it. (laughs) (laughs) I find Uh, it very forgettable. He wrecks the car. She goes off with another man because she's a flighty woman. And she doesn't really care about love. And uh, he hitchhikes and and that's it. They pass each other as he's on his way back to where he came from. Yeah. Uh, like every time I watch it, when I get this second one, it's just, it starts interesting. I like the narration and all that, and like the POV. But then it's just like, well, this isn't as the conversation just isn't very interesting to me. Of like yeah. what their dynamic is, and it feels like a half cooked idea. That one feels the most rushed. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's the shortest, and I think it is just supposed to be. You're supposed to be laughing at, like, oh, he can't get a word in edgewise. It's like, well, I don't really know what they're. I, you know, she's saying like, oh, I want to run away with you, I want to leave my husband or whatever. Like, I don't really know who these people are. So, but I think, I think it's just supposed to be funny because it's those two actors. Yeah. <clears throat> you falling asleep? No, I'm. I'm not falling asleep. I'm fine. Okay. Uh, yeah, but second, like, <laughs> I, I like how the second one also feels like the tenth victim a little bit in terms of like the, like how stylish it is and the music, but it's like, what if you take out the kookiness of the tenth victim and stress yeah. Marcello, and it's like, well, then it doesn't fully uh, work. Yeah. And, like, I feel like this movie was going for some very big Italian movie tropes in that way. Like, making fun of themselves. The the first, the first segment where, you know, she is going to be arrested for selling illegal c- cigarettes. So she just... Of course, if she's with baby, she can't go to the jail. That's, that's not a policy anywhere anymore. <laughs> mm, yeah. um, it reminded me of... Uh, Banana Joe from back in the day. <laughs> because, you know, he, he kept going to different places to try to get, like, his paperwork done. And and if he didn't, something bad was going to happen. <laughs> okay. It's like, this is what Italians have to do. They have to deal with all this bureaucracy all the time. It's like, you either have to go to an island for the first time ever, or, or leave your boat for the first time ever, or you have to be continually impregnated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the, the the first one's my favorite. It's the most cartoony and silliest of all of them. It feels like it feels like West Side Story. Yeah. It feels like they can break out into song at any at any, point, at any moment and everyone is like it's a big Italian stereotype which I I which I wonder like if like like, is it offensive to like Italians? Like, like how, like how, like, uh, like cartoonishly Italian that segment is, or is it just, or, or is it seen as more of a fun thing of like making fun of themselves? I really doubt it's offensive to Italians, but I don't know. I like since it, that is the segment. I assume would be yesterday. 
Yeah. Is it is it showing an aspect of life that doesn't really happen anymore, or is it because the way I read it was like he's trying to represent how he thinks poor people are, yeah, and like how how they were post the war, yeah. like and things like that. Now now we're in the sixties; they've had a lot of time to rebuild and things. Yeah, the, and the economic miracle has happened. The economy's booming. Yeah, so you take something that used to be a, a tr- always a tragic place to look, people just living their lives trying to get by and and being tough, but also being very uh, faithful to their religions and and to the ideas of what makes a man a man and what makes a woman a woman. And, it, you know, yeah, it's trying to turn on its head, and the, on- the only thing I don't know about is mm-hmm. whether or not it's inappropriate to show like this poorer class that none of these people are part of anymore (laughs) yeah i mean it's it's super cartoony though like so i think uh to seek his defense at the like if he was criticized at the time would have been like it's 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 uh not meant to be realistic it's meant to be like you know it's meant to be a movie it's not meant to be taken seriously which is kind of bullshit, but I, I, I'm not, I'm not saying I, I, uh, would, that's my defense of it. It does feel like, like, uh, you, you don't know what these people are actually like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just a silly segment. It's full of jokes and it doesn't, it probably doesn't merit like further and, an, uh, analyzation. Right. Yeah. That one is 1954, and there's some, like, kind of loose connections to Umberto D in terms of, like, the Marcello character was a soldier. He, um, uh, he's out of work. He can't, he seemingly can't get work. He's yeah, al- he he always, always needs money. And, like, where Umberto D really digs into the, how the soldiers were fucked over by the government. Yeah. And this one, if you like, like I feel like if you have seen Umberto D, and you know like the Sika connection of the same director, then you realize, okay, it's it's set during the during that time period. It kind of fills in the blank of that story beat. But if you don't know what story beat, it's just like, oh, he's just a, a lazy husband who's who can't get his shit together. I mean, he only has one real job, and that's to keep his wife pregnant, but pretty soon he can't even do that. Maybe it's because he's got 97 children. (laughs) Yeah. And they all live in a single room. I don't don't care if my wife looks like Sophia Loren. I'm not not into it. Yeah, the, the, the joke of that segment just felt like... Like, uh, if even even if a beautiful wife, like, Sophia Loren, like, like, at some, like, is that joke supposed to be, like, like, uh, even with a beautiful one like that, sex can get tiresome and, like, like, uh, you know, you don't want to do it all the time. That's supposed to be, like, the, the joke of it. Um, I mean, so another, like, stereotype that these Italian movies have is that the man who is plagued by, uh, the women who all want his attention, and when when does a man have a time to be 
himself and contemplate and or whatever things like that kind of so yeah every you know when she's like pissed off at him because he won't he won't <laughs> have sex with her even though he's like she doesn't care i'm gonna go to jail here's my ninth child <laughs> and he's like having a nervous breakdown in the other room i i don't you know I it's mean, it's it, funny if you know it, it, Italian it is, movies. Yeah, it is funny, but it's still like I'm not percent like what what the joke is supposed to be. I could be overthinking it. Yeah, the the joke is blatant when you're watching the movie. When you're not watching the movie yeah. and you try to remember just just like the whole movie and the movie as a whole, you're kind of like um, da dun chi. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah uh. I, I I like that the kids are just kids. They never feel precocious or like uh like movie kids. They just feel like like uh annoying children, but not like uh but not like uh, in a way where it's like, Oh my god, shut up but it's like yeah, kids can these are just normal children and they're never given sure. that much to do. Like, yeah, they're, I mean, they're not as cool as those uh, kids in the Mario Bava movies, but, you know, they're pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, but, like, that segment, the first one feels like Ozu a bit, too. When it comes like the like, the sense of community. But, like, what if Ozu was livelier and a little more vulgar? We're like, yeah. I, I'm trying to think with Ozu, like, if sex is even, like, discussed at any point. It's hinted at. They talk around if I don't think it's ever directly, like. What are you talking about in the first segment? No, in in Ozu movies. Oh, in Ozu movies. Yeah, wow. trying to get that. No, if sex is ever like discussed no, they, they, at all. They certainly imply that some of the the women are you know women of the night or women who have been with other men because that's, uh, you know, that's a reputation you can get stuck with. Like I feel like in the that super tragic one with uh, Setsuko Hara and uh, Chisu Ryu. Yeah, that doesn't narrow it down, I know. Uh, <laughs> but the one where her sister, like, tragically gets hit by, like, a train off screen, I want to say. That's spoiler uh, for that movie. Tokyo Twilight? Tokyo Twilight. Like, the only one set during winter. Yeah, I feel like there's a little bit of... in. I mean, at the very most, innuendo. But that's... Like what? What is the depression that's going on? What is the the sadness? Is it linked to people she's been with or whatever? Yeah, but Ozu, I don't know. I, I man, I really want to. I I would love to go. <laughs> I think that was an Ozu fan. Uh, so angry at me, drove off. <laughs> I would love to deep dive on Ozu just by itself. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, don't give me too many ideas. <laughs> Season nineteen, Ozu. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, I feel like Ozu in that way. Uh, but uh, what else? What what was was? It? Um, I don't know. I just uh, like overall, it's like, like the, like the first one is this a like for uh is this like for me that's that's my favorite one. It's just so much fun. It's uh, silly humor. You get to see Marcello be a, a car, or basically a cartoon character. Mm. Um, it's 
and and like the filmmaking of the first one is just like it really feels big and epic in a certain way where like you get a real sense of the neighborhood and like here's the church here's like the fruit stand you can tell when time has passed by by what's at the fruit stand it's never really overtly said of like it's been five months you just they all like cut to the fruit stand or remove or they can remove and show a fruit stand and and you see different things on it and like that's a signifier of well time has passed uh, I think that the for every child it's like one year or something like that it's nine yeah. months for the pregnancy and then another three months and then you you go to jail afterwards or something like that something uh, like that so it's it's supposed to be de- years have changed <laughs> and they even make comments like like she she gets more beautiful every time she has a child. I don't know what to do. Like it's been years. It's supposed to fade away. Uh, yeah. What else was it? Yeah. Um, oh. Yeah. Like. Oh, and to keep in with like the uh, old fashionedness, you do see uh, Marcello slap a kid for uh, misbehaving, and like you know, it, it's the era of like when. That was just acceptable to do to children. <clears throat> you mean right now? What's going on? Yeah. It's at the end when they're, when they're in the car, their friend's car, and the kid is kind of being annoying, and he's like slaps in front of like the journalist. Oh, and, yeah. And industry as like, well, that's what you do to kids who misbehave. Absolutely. I didn't, I didn't even register it because it wasn't surprising for <laughs> that era. All right, yeah. That's it for first segment. Second segment, we kind of discussed a bit already. Um, I don't have much to say about the second segment, honestly. It's like, it's 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 interesting that the second one is the one set uh, in the present, and that's the one like set in a car, where they leave in the car where they're leaving a city, and they're going in the set, and each one takes place in a different city, and so like. The second one is mostly driving, and then the third mm. one you end up in a different place. So it's like a, it's a narrative, and like literal, um, like movement, uh, between segments. Do, do you know what right. I'm trying to say? Yes, I do know what you're trying okay. to say. Like the 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 middle segment serves as like a trans, like we're literally driving to the next location. Yeah. For the third segment, even though these are different characters, kind of. Yeah. And that yeah. one. Yeah. Second one is Cool Marcello. Uh, like the. Like I, I mentioned earlier, like the. Um, uh, tenth victim. Uh, a version of him where he's like the, like the, the coolest guy in the room. And. Uh, yeah, it, it's nice. Like, I like that version, but, you know, this. I wish it was longer, but at the same time, I think the movie is paced really well. So I don't know uh, how it would, how like the movie would work if it was like ten minutes longer or so. Yeah, I mean, I feel like you could lose the middle se- Like personally, for me, you could lose the middle segment, and I wouldn't have noticed. Mm-hmm. And b- both of the other segments feel pretty fleshed out. Yeah. Uh... I don't know if you're if you're into cars. This is like it's a good segment. I feel like you want to see like old, like older cars and like European cars. 
Sure, and if you think it's hilarious when there's a woman who just won't be quiet and she doesn't know what she really wants and she'll change her mind on a dime just like those crazy women would, although she is not, she's not a crazy driver. She's not the one who crashes the car. Yeah, that's true. Actually, uh, he, she is a crazy driver. She's just not the one who crashes the car because <laughs> he's like freaking out, isn't he? When she's driving. Like I said before, I kind of forget how that one ends because uh, it's it's so forgettable. Yeah. Well, let's move on. Yeah, third segment, the your favorite, the one that is the the cover that is the the cover is literally like the second to last moment of the movie. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you see that cover and you're like, oh. Hubba hubba. <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, it's uh, it, it it's a nice tease for like to make it, you for, for force you to watch a whole movie to get to that it, one moment. <laughs> exactly, it really is, and the, even the segment itself is a tease because you're like, okay, it wasn't in the first segment. This poster moment it wasn't in the second element. That uh, I mean, she, uh, uh, what's her name? Oh, jeez, Lauren. Mm-hmm. Sophia Loren. Um, she she gets uh, pretty unclothed in the first one, but it's like in the context of like I said, they live in one room with a bunch of children. It's like, yeah, she is sexy, but I can see why he doesn't want to have sex <laughs> right now. Yeah, and in, in this one, um, because she lives next door to a young man who's going to be joining the priesthood. Another, you know, all the Catholicisms and all the potential priests. Did what? What Jesus tells you, you can and cannot do if you're married or not married. Yeah, it's an Italian trope. Yeah, uh, I was talking to um, Scott Thorough, who will come on the show for the. Uh, if you know Scott, this will be a huge shocker. Gospel according to Saint Matthew. Uh. I'm sure. Pasolini. Yeah, Pasolini. And that, that, that's, that's a movie that he loves, and it, of course he loves it because it's great mm. and it, it's totally a Scott uh, Scott movie. But um, mm-hmm. he said like uh, something to the effect of, um, "Isn't Catholicism the co-star of every Italian movie from that time?" And I was like, "Uh, actually, kind of, yes." <laughs> in the background yeah it influences the way people treat other people yeah you can't really escape it so it's the Vatican's right there mm-hmm and I like Mama Roma almost has nothing to do with Catholicism except I think that she is a Catholic of course yeah. it, it's past leaning so it, it's kind of about Catholicism on a certain level too it has to yeah it has to because he was obsessed with religion mm-hmm. anyway uh yeah she you wait a lot <laughs> this segment is it, it's funny because she keeps uh marcello keeps coming over and he thinks that it's oh we're gonna tonight we're gonna be able to do this stuff and sophia loren has way more important things to concentrate on i i told i'm with her on their side here like <laughs> 
Like, I'm busy. I can't always be doing sex. <laughs> Talking yeah. to somebody or whatever. Yeah, and uh, yeah. so the whole crux of the, that third segment, which we didn't really say, uh, the first segment is called uh, Adelina of... I didn't write down the city. I think... Give me a second. I won't make sure I get the... Adelina of Naples. Second segment mm. is... Uh, uh, Anna of Milan. Third segment is Mara of Rome. Rome. Yes. Yeah, so we we were going south to the. Actually, yeah, I think Rome is most southern of those three cities. Uh huh. And you know, Milan is a fashion place, and the sec- second one is very fashionable and like uh, trendy and modern. Definitely. And yeah, Naples. Like in my perception, Naples is like kind of the more working class city, at least like the way it's always talked about, and portrayed in movies from this time, and that's a working class story. Sure. Yeah. All I, all I know about Naples is that in old Napoli, that's a more. That when the moon see, sees your eye. Yeah, the moon slams into your eye like a big piece of pizza pie, which I don't want. I don't want either of those in my eyeball. Is that amore? What's that? Is that amore? <sighs> That's what he says in the song. Uh, not I don't know if 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 the moon makes you horny like a big piece of pie. <laughs> That's amore. <laughs> uh, analyze the lyrics. No, that's okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So she. Uh, oh, that makes sense. Yeah. There's the, okay. So that's why we got a young priest right next door. They they're in Rome. You know, yeah. he, he practically he didn't have a choice. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, oh, that reminds me that we have a family friend. Um, what a family friend and their their great uncle. Hmm? I think his great uncle is has the blessed status in the Catholic Church. Which is kind of one step below sainthood, because he was a, a at a what's the word seminary in Mexico. They're, they're Mexican, which we mm. we didn't know that until like they told us that uh, uh, their first story. Um, we thought they were, they thought they were Italian, and we thought they were Italian, and they found out like they had family in, in Mexico who were went to, who went to the seminary. In like Mexico City or something, and uh, one of the seminaries uh, during the revolution was uh, burned down, and um, they killed the priests there. And one of the priests that was killed was like their great uncle, uh, who has blessed status in the Catholic Church. And it's mm. yeah, it's yeah, kind of interesting to actually know someone who has a direct connection like that to like Catholic history. Yeah, I don't know anything about Catholicism. I don't. I don't know how saints work. I don't know how uh, saints. I don't know. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. No. Saint. <laughs> oh, sainthood. I believe is three miracles attributed to you. Okay. Well, so I'm up to two. Okay. But uh, I want to say it's three miracles. It's. I, it's been a while since I had to actually remember this stuff. I had to make it more than that because too many people were showing up with the third miracle already done. 
you need ver you need to be verified by bishops and stuff. It's it's mm -hmm. the whole bureau uh, bureaucracy. Thing. Do you? I mean, if you get sainthood, do you get a blue check mark on Twitter? Um, I guess. No. If you speak out against big corporations, you get your, your blue check mark removed, like Danny DeVito. Well, it's a bullshit website. <laughs> that is fact. Yeah, the our family friends, we, uh, they said their last name uh, the Italian way for years, and then, uh, then they just learned like actually it's Spanish, and they've been saying it wrong this whole time. <laughs> Yeah, well, I, uh, I mean, you you can't tell a family they're wrong about I the know. way they're pronouncing their name, right? But, but I mean, but they they like they they told us that like, oh, we didn't realize we've been saying it wrong this whole time. What was their was their last name Rodriguez, and they were pronouncing it weird? No, it started with a J, and they're saying with it. a J. Yeah, so they weren't Jimenez. saying. Jimenez. Sure, I don't want to say their name on on the record. Hoja <laughs> Yeah, but I've, uh, I've I've already run out of Mexican last names. Of Jay, I'm a I'm a terrible Mexican. I don't know. Our uh, first names, last names, can like one be a last name, or does be like some variation on it? Mm hmm. I don't know. You know, like there's like Johnson. So is there like a version of Johnson of like son of Juan or something like that for a last name? Uh no, I don't think it. I don't think it necessarily works that way for, I for, know. Latin language. Uh, hold on a second. I think my cats are trying to eat something they're not supposed to. Oh yummy! All right, so third segment. Uh, Marv Rome, her neighbor. Um, this young man lives with his old Catholic grandparents, going to seminary, and he starts to question it. And then um, uh, he's going to join the French Foreign Legion, and then he kind of realizes, oh, actually, I don't want to go die in combat. I'd rather join the priesthood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, it's a good use of space because, like, it's literally like the where the other two, like, one is on the road the whole time, uh, one is like a a full neighborhood where you can see the full scope of everything. This is just literally um, uh, two apartments the whole time. Mm. And it's yep. and it never gets never gets old. Like you get a very clear sense of space and like there's this like it, it like I don't understand how how someone can like shoot something on a single location and have it like not get boring. And like this is this because like the Cause like the, you you see a layout and the layout of this is kind of like it's it looks cool at first but then you're kind of there for so long that it's like how did they make this interesting the whole time I don't know it, it, it's something just, it's just some, mm -hmm. it's something I always think about when I, with single location stuff is this like how much thought goes into like making sure everything. You, you never get bored of of the location. Mm. Oh, she's. I mean, it's not not a boring location. She, when she goes sure. outside to that balcony, you know, she's got like this view of the city and, and things like that. 
and like a, a cool uh, like I would love to have like a balcony space like she has even if it's connected to some old lady who hates me mm. <laughs> <laughs> like oh you're always having men over like I don't think that's true I think she has one dude she's with right now maybe she's had other boyfriends but uh, get off her back yeah yeah, and but the one, yeah, she—I mean, she does try to tempt that guy away from being a priest. <laughs> like he doesn't want to be a priest. Obviously, he shouldn't have to be. Yeah, I mean, he—it's never—I don't think he ever explicitly says it, but like you know, it feels like he is maybe influenced by the grandparents to like to to, to do it, probably. Though, I mean, the, when he decides not to, the guilt trip that Grandma comes over to lay on on Sophia Loren, it's like, he was <laughs> he was going to save the family. It was the only hope we had. Like, what? <laughs> Why? <laughs> He's going to enter the priesthood and that's going to save your family? I don't... So why? You know, whatever. Probably I guess. to save face, because I, I don't think they ever... Or maybe I don't write down. So you don't know... Why he's living with them and not his parents? Mm, I don't probably because they live in Rome and he's going to be a priest, you know. Uh, yeah, maybe get the get the best seminary schools, right? Straight straight from the source, straight from the Pope's butthole. Yeah, you know, this would be John Paul I I don't know. John, I think it's pre John Paul II. I'm pretty sure it's yeah. before him. Yeah, it's one of those evil popes, not like the current evil popes or yeah, it's, those other evil popes. It's, I, I don't think it's the one that let World War II happen and didn't really step in to uh, stop anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure that one was dead by then. Uh, well, yeah. like, okay, so he decides not he's suddenly decides he's not going to be a priest. Yeah. After after having a couple of conversations with Sophia Loren. And he, he, the way he's acting is like he's never seen an attractive woman before. <laughs> like, I, I was going to become a, a priest because I thought all the women looked like my grandmother. But, oh, my God. <laughs> it's next-door neighbor. Yeah. And then she won't go on a date with me? Well, I'm going to join the Foreign Legion. Fuck her. <laughs> Come on. And that that's another trope, like, oh, I lost my love, so I had to run away and join the Foreign Legion. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah, this one feels the most grounded of the three, but still is, like, cartoony. Yeah. Now, like, say, let's say, and I'm also, I, we're not even talking about how Marcello is just, like, uh, is, like, insanely horny the entire yeah. time. Yeah. And I, in this one, I like I really because I've only seen him in like the roles where he's being super, uh, super cool. Like I mean, he's super cool in the Tenth Victim, and in Eight and a Half, he's he's very serious about what he's going through and things like that. And this, you know, having him be like, oh, we're gonna we're gonna have such crazy things. Oh, I can't wait to I gotta you know. Saying like he's talking about like I want to put your feet in my mouth. You know, like okay, come on. I mean, it's yeah. okay if you're into it. Don't worry. I just yeah. don't know if you want to be yelling that from the window. Yeah, uh, yeah, and he—he's—he uh, learned he's a government lackey. I forgot what 
department I didn't write down, but like he, his dad is some secretary of something or some uh something like that, and it's this nepotism is how he got there, which feels like maybe that that's a critique of the government of the era. I'm not really sure. Having like uh-huh. the the idiot, basically the idiot son of like a politician, uh, get a, a political position. Yeah, probably. Yeah. And unfortunately, our commentary has not changed anything. <laughs> yeah, that, that's true. I okay. I, I want to talk about the scene where we finally get the poster image. Okay. <laughs> I'm I'm not going to get too horny on it. Don't worry. Uh, I just I I really appreciate that it's the way it plays out. They finally decide. They've settled the situation. He's the the kid is not going to join the foreign language legion. He's going to go back into the priesthood. The grandmother loves her again. Uh, they they've made like a sacrifice or they say oh you're right we're not gonna we're not gonna be together because that's sinful you know and then they go back to the house and they're like okay we don't actually have to do that so she she does a strip tease for him basically and he's like yeah he's like holding on to his face like he's so <laughs> excited and it's it's so well done and the way it ends is like the perfect it is a very good cherry on top of like everything that happened with her getting all the way down. She's removed her bra. She's facing away from the camera, and then all of a sudden, oh no, 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 no! I got to put everything back on again. Like, take that, audience. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. Yeah. Take your chuckle dick and get out of here. <laughs> it was good. It was a good burn. Yeah, it's. It, it, uh, That's also sexist. <laughs> uh, it, yeah, true. I mean, the whole movie is sexist. It's just like, as we said before, just Italian stereotypes the whole time, down to like the tiny, uh, tiny Italian grandparents, who like you know, uh, uh, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, what else? I don't know, like, uh, I I like to look at Italian life in this, because you see different aspects playing with, uh, like, that, uh, like, um, I don't know where I'm going with this. It's just, uh, each segment is very distinct, and you can tell, like, like if you just show, like, a uh, an image from, from, Random from each one, you could tell which segment was which, because like each one he has a different filming style, each one has a distinctly different set, each one has different costuming. Yep. And uh, it just shows like the skill of like Desika of knowing how to really make uh, you know uh, fitting the uh, filmmaking and set and costume to uh, to the story that's trying to be that's being told, and. It's light. I mean, it's kind of light entertainment. It's just kind of dumb. Uh, dumb. It's like a. It's just a, a sex comedy, at its core. Yeah, it's, it's fun and it's it's silly, and it's slightly sexy. 
Um, the, yeah, you, only critiques you can do are the usual critiques you have about almost every Italian movie yeah. from this era. Yeah, it's like, you know, the the men are, like, macho. Well, some of the men are already macho to a point where it's like, this is silly, you know, you know what the sex was towards women. Well, I feel I feel like that's debatable. Because uh, I, I uh, who was it? Cat Ellinger was on production booth talking about uh, some Italian movie, and she is saying to her like, like the Italian women like, um, like the Sophia Loren character in the third segment, it mm. like she sees as more feminist and strong, and like uh, and made a case for like being the one fully in charge, where the men are just like, uh horny idiots who are just, you know, at, at, at their whim. Yeah. And, and like, I could see why, like, the these bold and, and strong women from these movies can be taken that way, too. And I, I don't disagree with that, that outlook, but it, it, they are still uh, victims of, like, male gaze, in, in this case more than anything, right? We're... Yeah. We there's there's plenty of lurid like shots of Sophia Loren bending over or or walking in a way or you know cleavage and then yeah the, like I said the last segment um, it's 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 a weird line because I think a lot of the women are shown as being like the boss of the men but I don't think the mo- the the Filmmaker is not trying to be like women are in charge and that's good. They're trying to be like this is just the way Italians are, you know. Women yell at the men, tell them what to do, but they have to all go back to bed together because they're Catholics, even though they might like hate each other or, or whatever. Uh, I don't know. It's it's. I'm I'm just a white straight male. I I I shouldn't be the one who's breaking this stuff apart. Yeah, I uh, guess I get what you're saying. Uh, you I'm know. a half-white straight male, I should say. Yeah, uh, I don't know. The I would definitely I would recommend this to people if you just want like a like if you want a a good start. Well, the sequel is so so varied. It, it's kind of like hard to say where to start. And uh, uh. Like not Umberto D because that one was for me kind of too much. And I don't think I never wa- ever watched that movie a second time. <laughs> yeah, it's not that bad. The the scene with where the the, the doll catcher, that sequence is like I I never want to see that again. Hmm. No bicycle thieves is hard to watch. Also, <laughs> but it's it's a great movie. Yeah, uh, uh, as long as there's no like stuff with a dog, with a dog, that 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 I could handle it. But less it's like Umberto D. The stuff with the dog is like I, it's emotionally too much, and I can't handle it. It's heartbreaking. It's supposed to be heartbreaking. Oh, I know, God, so. but I I don't want to watch it again. No, it's okay. I know you're not saying it as a negative. I understand. Yeah, so I don't know if you want to see like. Uh, like the Italian neorealists start with bicycle thieves. 
then if you want to see like his but then like by the sixth by by like the sixties he was kind of doing like stuff like this and then marriage Italian style with Marcello and then he did this like a big international co-production with like Peter Sellers so like it, it's kind of all over the place he's he kind of like was a gun for hire of like would do whatever but also he was would act in a lot of stuff so yeah I don't know he had a fascinating interesting career and uh he he died fairly young he's only in his 60s but uh and it's probably from overwork for god's sake looks like he's busy all the time possibly and uh, I meant to look into it but I kind of forgot uh whether or not he was a collaborator with the fascist government or not which oh he did a sequel to the first segment of yesterday today and tomorrow Oh. It's called The Children Are Watching Us. I'm just kidding. That was a <laughs> movie from 1944 he did. But that's why I wouldn't have sex. Because the children are watching. <laughs> yeah. I guess you just, you just zone out. like Not zone out. You just focus on, uh, on, on, like, on your spouse instead of like remembering the children are there. <laughs> sure. But still I'm sure it. everyone will be just fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I don't, I don't have anything else to say about him. No. Yeah, this movie is available. Um, and if you're going to be complete and watch the other 64 for best foreign film things, entries, uh... Uh, Woman of the Dunes and Umbrella Cherbourg are better movies. Mm, There's no doubt. This is 63. You're saying 64, though? The Oscars from 64. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Because Umbrellas actually came out in 64, according to what I'm looking at. Yeah, uh, it's the Oscars. Mm. I don't understand how they choose foreign films. uh, just a matter of like what actually came over to our side. Yeah, probably. All right, so this is six, uh, sixty-three. I have um no movies or books. Instead, I went with episodes of The Twilight Zone, my favorite TV series, and there are. And, uh, try to, yeah, I might have to repeat these later on. It doesn't really matter. All right. So, uh, one is from season five ring. Wait, is it ring a ding or ring a ling? I have to look up the title now. Ring a ding. All right. All right. Twilight, uh, Twilight Zone, two episodes, uh, three episodes. Season five, um, Ring-a-ding girl. It co-stars the father of Kurt Russell, Bing Russell. Uh, season four, the hour-long season, kind of the worst one for complicated reason. Jess Bell, which is kind of a riff off of a Cat People movie, sort of, but kind of southern, fried, and stupid. It's a weird episode that doesn't fully work. That um, uh, I don't know. It's messy and weird, but I like it. Another one is miniature. It's notable because it stars uh, 
Robert, not Robert Mitchum, Robert, um, Apocalypse Now, Robert. Robert Duvall. That one, yeah, playing a kind of a creep. And, uh, he becomes obsessed with this, these, this dollhouse and miniature people. And it, it gets kind of, uh, it, it kind of turns into what, what you think it's going to turn into uh, pretty quickly. Uh, but, um, also Sally Kellerman is in it in a very early role. And, uh, yeah, that's it. And those are only, well, there are three good episodes in season four. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. season four of our podcast? Yes. Only three episodes. Um, yeah, so I don't, I, we've already covered this year a bunch of times. Uh, yes. Talking about other things, so you see previous episodes, uh, Three Shadow Warriors. Um, <clears throat> oh, what else was there? Uh, some other Japanese movie, you know. And there's um, things like The Soft Skin came out. No, or is it 64 or 63? What are 64. We and that's what you're... The 63. 63 is the other one. Okay, so why are you showing me the soft skin? That's weird. Anyway, I'm on the wrong year. Um, so I, I'm going to go through my watch list, mention some of these things that I think I'm, I'm definitely going to check out at some point. Winterlight, uh, Ingmar Bergman movies. I don't know if I'm going to like this one. I, I kind of like it when he, he plays with like a dark comedy thing. Like I, I think in um, The Seventh Seal, mm-hmm. what what makes that movie good is that it's funny, even though it's super dark. But it, it's just got that sense of humor going through this like very tragic time. <laughs> You know, back mm-hmm. in the Middle Ages where people are going to be dying of plague and every everyone plays, I, I don't know, it's it, like, have you seen The Seventh Seal? I went to the disc years ago, but the disc was broken and I, I and 20 minutes in it kind of cut off and mm-hmm. I kind of haven't, it's the one I've been, at some point I'll go back and watch it. Yeah. I've only seen, I, you, I've only yeah. seen The Magician. Out of Ingmar Bergman movies, you yes. only seen The Magician. Yeah, because I've I never heard even heard of The Magician. It's sort of a horror movie. Mm. Yeah, sort of being the keyword. It's good. Well, that's cool. He has well, like hey, yeah. he has like forty fucking movies, though. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> Get that big box set. I don't have the money. Uh, the big city, uh, Satyajit Ray. I don't know if I'm saying that name right, but he's he is a a director that has a bunch of Criterion movies. So, uh, and Indian director, which is uh, unusual for Criterion because they did mostly focus on uh British, European, and then American Japan. movies. You're right. Yeah, and a bunch of Japanese stuff. Like, but uh, this one I've heard a lot about. Um, are you familiar with uh, Ray's work at all? I have not. I have still have not seen a single Indian film. 
You haven't seen a single Indian film? Uh, correct. Oh my gosh! The closest is Darjeeling Limited. Yeah, and that doesn't count. <laughs> no, not really. There's some wow. Indian action movies I've been meaning to watch that uh, I have a list of. Did you watch um, Some Doug Millionaire back in the day? That was that... The, that was when I was uh, like, if it was nominated for an Oscar, I didn't want to watch it because I thought I was better than that. No, yeah, I mean that makes sense, and that movie's not that movie doesn't count either. But yeah, that's cool. Um, I am I've I've dabbled in some stuff, but I have not seen any like uh, I, I have the entire Apu trilogy on my uh, watch list, and Big City just happens to come out this year. So hmm. another director I want to look into, and one more. Let's see. What about the? No, I don't, I don't know anything about this Sydney Pointier Pointier movie. What movie is it? Oh, Lily, Lilies of the Field. Uh, I like that movie. It's uh, for its era, it's progressive-ish, but mm-hmm. going back to it now, it's like, uh, it, it Hollywood still was uncomfortable with like having a black lead in the movie. It. Yeah. it it's 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 good. I would yeah. recommend it. Just you need to. Uh, it it still plays until like, but you're still a black guy, not a person. And it's like okay, whatever. I have, yeah. I have problems with that movie, but they're not big enough to ruin it for me. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think there's anything else too remarkable on the watch list. I've got a couple of Japanese movies that I'm probably never going to be able to see. Like uh, this one starring Toshiro Mifune that's mm-hmm. called The Pirate Samurai, a.k.a. Lost World of Sinbad, a.k.a. something about Le Défi des Géants. I don't know. There are a lot of... There are a lot of Mifune movies that never came over uh, to exactly. America. I can't it, believe it's yeah. this bad, but Toshiro Mifune in a crop top. To... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, he's in there's like a rom com with him and Tsutsuko Hara from like the mid fifties that has never made it over here. No, oh, that seems like a sin. Yeah, I know. I really, well, luckily I I have a connection to him gain hold of it actually alright potentially yeah he's got a bunch of Silk Road connections uh, listeners that he doesn't he doesn't like to talk about oh, also here's a Lena Wittmuller movie that came out the Basilisk is that her Italian her Spaghetti Western it says a neo-realistic story follows the uneventful lives of Francisco Sergio and Antonio three young men we live in a small, poverty-stricken village. Yep. Something, something about Rome. Uh, yeah, her early ones uh, are kind of harder to get a hold of. Uh, it looks like uh, Alistair has watched it though, so he's got he's got the hookup. That's probably well, how I heard about it. Well, he's in Europe. So he probably has a Region Two player to begin with. Mm, he needs to share the wealth. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Whoa, one of his favorite films is Lives of Others. That's pretty cool. <laughs> yep. 
That's a movie I remember seeing at Blockbuster, but never actually renting. It's uh, it's really good. Okay. Uh, I'm done. Yeah, me too. This will come out relatively soon after recording. Oh, I want to congrat- congratulate the Lucha Bros for becoming the AEW uh, Tag Team World Champions. They beat uh, the Young Bucks in the greatest wrestling match I have ever seen in my uh, relatively short time being a wrestling fan uh, at AEW All Out 2021. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, fuck, it's so goddamn good. I love, I love Pinta and Phoenix so much. Uh, yeah, we have other stuff coming out. Around we do? T- uh, a secret episode about, uh, we recorded with, uh, someone from a different continent. And, uh, what else? The, um... Blow Up will come out pretty soon in the first of two Halloween episodes. Deep Red will come out pretty soon. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I'll be on stuff in the near-ish future. Oh, uh, my episode of Mustachio Podcastio came out. And uh, my episode of Grumpire came out. So... Listen, look up those shows as Mustachioed Podcastio. It's hard to spell, but yeah, but I kind of figured it out from there. And the Grumpire Podcast. Uh, that's it. We're on Twitter and shit. Twitter. At JDT Movies. You can tell me how wrong I am. Also, yeah, we're, we're working on a, pro- a different project that, that I'm in control of, which means it's only going to be good. Okay. But we're not going to say more than that, because I'm not sure when episodes are going to drop. But uh, you should watch movies that uh, you pick out of a hat in preparation. Stop recording. The show can be found on Twitter at PianoPlayerPod. Our email is still highlowpod at gmail.com. You can find a show on Spotify, Podbean, and various other places where you can find podcasts. Our intro music is by Vivian Fop, and our cover art is by Sarah Roberts. You can find her art, sarahkathleenroberts.com, and thank you for listening.